So there we are. Look at us. Look, we look pretty good there. There you go. There we go. That's you. That's you. There we are. So let's wave to everybody online. Hello online. Oh, they can't see you. They're only looking at us. Our show here. So um, I want to take an opportunity. So for those who don't know, know you guys. So uh, Rick, I, this wasn't part of the scripted questions, but it's just an opportunity to say, Say your name, where you're from, a little bit of what you do outside of church, because they always see you here. So go ahead. Sure. So my my name is it's not Rick. My name is what? <laughs> my name is Ernesto Ortiz, but everyone knows me as Rick. So we we flow with that, and I'm okay with it. Um, I I've lived all my life in Island, New Jersey. I went to school, graduated out of high school. Um, I currently work for Crack of Southern New Jersey. We've done a lot of work with Bethany and M25. Um, I have a 22-year-old son and uh, a 16-year-old son and an 11-year-old daughter. She'll be 11 in the next few weeks. I am uh, happily married. Um, and um, I, that's the gist of it. I'm working on finishing my master's. I have eight more weeks. I have a joke running that it's tattooed on my chest. It's not tattooed on my chest, but eight more weeks and I am done. So, <laughs> my master's will be in social. So, I have my master's in social. All right. So, and, and I'm glad that you added that you're happily married because if you didn't add happily, I'm pretty sure it might get complicated. Yes. Right? As soon as I get home, they're going to say, I was watching that video. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, thank you, Rick. Jenna, your turn. So good morning. Um, I think my mic is a little high, higher than Rick's is. Um, so I'm Jenna Harvey. I also am from Cumberland County, um, have lived Cumberland Salem line pretty much my whole life. Uh, my education is in psychology, and I have a master's in experimental psychology, which sounds kind of mad scientist creepy, but I promise I'm not analyzing anyone when I talk to you. Um, I am the mother of four daughters. So my husband and I, happily married, have four daughters. Um, they range from age nine to 18. So my oldest just started college this year. We have two high school seniors doing that high school senior life, and then a fourth grader. So we still have some time left in our parenting journey. Um, for work, I currently work with a nonprofit called Life Worth Living. We actually have an office right in downtown Bridgeton, and we work to empower youth who are most at risk of losing their life or liberty. And so we do youth life skills courses. Um, we work with youth on probation um, and families in neighborhoods that are heavily impacted by violence and disorganization. So I've been doing that work for about two years um, and there's a lot of work to be done in the field. So. so we have someone with a social work degree and experimental psychology. Sounds great for us here. Um, <laughs> sounds great, so good combination. So um, see, this, this could be a talk show. I think I, I, I'm auditioning for a talk <laughs> show right now. So uh, these were your questions that some of these questions you had to answer as part of the search process. So I wanted, didn't want to have to start it all off for you guys. So uh, Jenna, I'm actually going to go to you first. How and when did you come to faith in Christ? 
Um, so for me, it was a lifelong journey, although I was raised in the church. My parents, before I was born, were missionaries in Haiti. That's how committed they were to faith. Um, and so I knew Jesus loved me before I knew my ABCs. Um, I went to a private Christian school where we learned scripture and every every class was a Bible class. So history was Bible class. Science was about what God was doing. Um, math was about, you know, counting your blessings, and, you know, how the world moved to honor and glorify God. And so that was how I grew up from K through eight. Um, we attended a lot of churches around South Jersey, all types of denominations. So everything from Baptist to Pentecostal. And so I had a, a, an experience in all types of worship and all types of um, interpretation of scripture. Um, along with that coming up, I also had a childhood that was challenging at times. And I, you know, there were some troubling things there. So when I hit about high school age, there was some type of disconnect. So something about the hurt that I had been through and what I wasn't getting from some of the, I guess, faithful people in my life. I started looking elsewhere for, you know, to get through those hard times. Um, and I really, really struggled a lot as a, as a young teenager. And by the time I would, I quit going to church, quit engaging really with scripture or with any type of fellowship. It just, it wasn't giving me what I was told it was always going to have. Um, and by the age of 19, I found myself single with two babies. So I had two children to myself and thinking like, wow, this world is no easier than this. <laughs> all these things that I've gotten into. Um, and I still wasn't really drawn into a a faith that involved a church, but I do remember having one of those small little Bibles that has Psalms, Proverbs, and the Gospels. So you remember these? They used to hand them out, kind of their storefronts and things. And I kept that Bible in my little apartment, and I started just, that was the only scripture I really would read. The rest of it would become too confusing or too difficult. And um, the Proverbs 31 woman, as I was there as a young mother and wondering, like how I was going to get through that, that chapter ends with her children rise up and call her blessed. And I thought, all right, I want my kids to rise up and call me blessed, right? So I'm going to do, I'm going to, you know, commit to this. And while I was not sure about the things I learned and how they really applied in truth to my life, studying on Proverbs and finding comfort in the Psalms and going back to the Gospels, I saw the scripture live out in real life. So there were these times where it was, something would happen. I'd be like, oh, that's a there's a proverb about this. You know, like, oh, you know, that's what Jesus said. He said, if, you know. And so I would see these little proofs in my life, um, even without seeking them very fully. And I'll say of myself at that time, I became pretty self-righteous. So the one danger of proverbs is that you can start to feel wise in your own eyes, right? And so you're like moving about. Um, and then when you fail or have trouble, you start to blame yourself. And so later into my twenties, um, and early thirties, I did start kind of having that challenge. I was studying psychology. I was working in the service industry, I was trying to change the world for the better and do these, you know, simple things that Jesus says. And, um, but spiritually I wasn't connecting myself to God. And that was the thing I didn't realize was lacking. And so 
I had gotten to a point where I was severely depressed. I had no peace. I was running a mile a minute. I was trying to be the best mom, the best wife, the best employee, the best professor, the best everything. Um, and I was in just a, a state of just like, how, how come I can't do this, God? And that was when I kind of reached back out in prayer of a desperation. Because for years, I would pray like, okay, God, I'm going to need wisdom for this one. Thanks in advance. <laughs> God, I'm going to need patience right now. Thanks in advance. And it was very transactional. Um, but there was this time when I finally came to God in my weakness and said, like, I just have no peace. I have no peace. Like, when, how can I have this peace? And it was impressed on my heart in this moment that I will never forget that you you are free to have my peace and you must give it away. It's free to give away to others. Um, and it kind of occurred to me that I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to be a certain way. And that was translating into other people. And what I had forgotten was the grace that we are promised from God, that you don't have to be perfection. Um, and so in that time I did return into um, scriptural study more, more in depth, more fellowship, more talking openly with people. Um, I had been talked to so much about Jesus and faith in my whole life that I would hesitate to say anything or, or, or open those conversations. And so from that time to now, I've really been growing a lot in that way and really just relying on God and, and following more intentionally. So not as like a running background or soundtrack, but something that I try to wake up and do that Lord's prayer and, and be a committed servant of God. So I would say I knew of Jesus for my whole life. I knew he was there and what he could do and what people said about him. But I think it wasn't until the last four or five years that I really have come to know, like know that I'm known by God and know that I know what, what it's about. And so it certainly has been a journey. I think that's an important thing that you're saying, the difference about knowing of Christ and knowing Christ. Uh, there are two very different concepts there. Uh, many times we don't get that distinction, you know, especially for those of us who have grown up in church and all that stuff and whether or not, what does that personal relationship really mean and how does it flesh out there? So I appreciate you sharing that. So, Rick, <laughs> so your question, how and when did you come to faith in Christ? So um, I also was pretty much raised in church. Um, my parents did not come to Christ till I was probably 15 years old. But for the most part, um, I was picked up every Sunday morning by my aunt and uncle to go to the Bible study at a Pentecostal church here in their Bible. And every Sunday morning, I was picked up and we would do the hour Bible or Sunday school. And then, you know, I would get dropped off and then they would go into their services. Um, by the age of 14 or 15 years old, uh, we, my family and I attended a uh, Easter service. And while we're at an Easter service, at that time they had, been, you know, we were in another walk of a very large congregation. They had done an altar call and we grew up and we do the prayer and you know, ask Jesus in our heart and this and that. And um, about six months after that, we finally committed to another to a different congregation. My aunt and my uncle were pastoring a church in Violin, and we decided, you know what, this would be the best thing for our family. My parents decided, let's do that. 
And um, I got heavily involved in church there. We did a number of different things. I, I joke because I've done everything you can name up, think of in the church except women's ministry. Right? <laughs> I, I've, if you name it, I've done it. I mean, I, I, I'm not a singer, but they needed help with the choir, and I have, you know. Um, there you go, Kathy. There, there, there you go. I mean, you know, so I've done it. Um, but in thinking of that question a few, you know, a few days ago, I was reminded of something that took place. And it was, I was probably just graduating high school. And, you know, I had been heavily involved in this church. You know, I, like I said, you know, you make the prayer, you accept Jesus Christ. I was baptized, you, you name it. But I was going through some a challenge. And I remember having a conversation. Um, I guess it was a prayer, you know, where I was going to make that determination, that decision. Then I'm going to stay doing what I'm doing, or I'm going to go through another path. Right? So, and I just, for a number of weeks, I just had this thought, oh, you know what? I don't probably going to walk away from the church. I don't think I want to do this anymore. And for weeks, I had this thought. But I also had this also, I don't want to say that I was hearing a voice, but I was sensing in my heart that someone was calling me, you know, to the point that I had to tell that something, just please stop. I literally <laughs> did it. I said, please just stop. And I remember walking in and uh, I ran into a youth pastor that we had had years ago. And they had transitioned to pastoring a church. As I was sitting there and talking to her, she says, she says to me, she goes, you know, God is calling you, right? And it kind of brought me back to, I knew what was happening. I mean, I knew what was taking place. And it kind of stuck with me to say, this is the direction I need to go. If, if God is calling me, he's pushing me to, to whatever it was at that specific time, this is the direction. And ever since then, I've really built that continued relationship, you know, with, with serving Christ, with pastoring, with whatever God has called me to do, to really push forward. And I've always remembered that God is calling me. And I, you know, like I said, for weeks, I've sensed that small voice to the point I was like, just stop. And you know what the funny thing was? It did. It stopped. I said, please stop, and it instantly stopped. But then I was reminded then and there by that youth pastor that that's the voice I was hearing. You know, that was the voice I was sensing in my spirit. And I was just brought to really tears. I left, I mean, I wasn't even here. But I left and was brought to tears and realized it's time to come back and that's from then on, and I just really, I've had ups and downs, but I've really never left. So I like the part where you said about the, you know, telling that voice yeah. to stop. Yeah. Because uh, I think that a lot of times in our lives, we can be like that. We, we will tell God to, to stop. I don't want to do it. And uh, Oswald Chambers, when you said that, reminded me passage in Isaiah when God says whom shall I send and Oswald Chambers says that Isaiah the, the call wasn't directed to Isaiah but Isaiah was listening for the call 
And I think in our lives, how many times do we, just like where we took the time to pray and be quiet, how many times have we shut God down in our lives rather than actually listening and responding? And the, th and the thing is that God God, God answered your call. He, he, he started to be quiet. And a lot of times people will say, well, I don't know what God wants for me in my life. And the question is, well, are you doing any seeking about what God wants for you in your life? You, know, you actually have to do something about that. So appreciate that, that, that story there. And, and out of the people on this panel, so Rick, you wanted to be a pastor you know, since you, you had that call. So how old was that when you thought that so, you should be a pastor? Um, and again, interestingly, I was probably 16 years old. And I remember one Sunday morning, I was getting ready for church. And I was, uh, and, you know, I'm reminded, you know, how blessed are the feet of those that bring the gospel, right? So I was tying my shoes, and I just, again, felt in my spirit and in my heart this sense to say, you know, I've really called you to be a pastor. And as we get to these questions, you'll find out a little bit more about me, but there was no way that I was going to call you to be a pastor. But since that age, since 16 years old, uh, and ever since then, I've, like I said, I've done youth ministries, men's ministries, uh, church planted churches, I've overseen churches. I've done a lot of work in that aspect of pastoral ministry. So Rick has always wanted to be a pastor. It never came to your mind to be a pastor or, <laughs> in ministry, right? And, and I, I'll say at 13 that I remember having having a call experience. Uh, but when people ask me when did I get called into ministry, I always say I was drafted into ministry. I because if you if I was waiting for a call, I wasn't picking up that phone. Uh, so that was 17 years ago that I got called that I got drafted in here. So um, so the the next question, uh, and we're going to try to keep the answer. I'm going to give you a challenge to keep the answer around two minutes. Uh, in what areas of your life has God challenged you recently? And in what ways have you responded? And Jenna. All right. So my, I think my challenge, it's new from when I applied for this position because I have had a new challenge since starting here. Um, and that challenge is that I, in scripture, you're told to not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, right? You don't serve the Lord openly. You don't pray like the hypocrites. So I took a lot of that really personally about, okay, do do service, do works, commit your life, but don't, don't boast in it. Don't talk about it too much. And now being a part of the church and on staff and doing this, um, the challenge on me now is to proclaim Christ and proclaim that what I'm doing and what I've been doing for the last several years is about following Jesus. And I left that unsaid for many years. You know, just show up, Jen, do do the work that's in front of you. Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. Just get to work and the glory goes to God. Um, but since taking this role, I now, you know, word's gotten out. So people are like, Jenna, you work for a church now? Like, yeah, well, actually, you know, the whole time you've known me and all this work we've been doing, like, that's it. And I do have colleagues that we've talked a lot spiritually that my brothers and sisters in Christ that I work with. And I've spoken openly with them. But now some of these questions are coming from, you know, and people that maybe I was 
in fellowship in the past and we all left church and you're like, man, you go to church every Sunday. Yeah, I do. I'm finding this important right now. You know, I'm going to go, Oh, you're going to church. Yeah. You should come along. You know, it's a great group of people where the, you know, a lot of servants hearts and things. And so that's been kind of the new challenge is not hesitating to say like, this is about doing kingdom work and glorifying God. And I really do want to see the kingdom come for my kids, for me, for Bridgeton, for Cumberland County. Like I don't want it to delay. I want to, and any little things we can do. And, and I didn't say that enough in the past, but this is about seeing Jesus. This is about seeing that love of Christ really multiply and go out and out and, and I don't know, I'm now becoming more and more convinced that we're not going to see his kingdom come if we don't proclaim him. And so that is the challenge God has given me. And I think the first step was applying for a position here and accepting one. And now it is being um, kind of an ambassador and, and being open about that. So, yeah. great. Great. Um, so right now, mine still is pretty much the same. So the I don't want to say it's a challenge, but it has been, it has been a challenge. And it's really the transition to coming to Bethlehem. Um, you know, I, I've grown up in a very charismatic, very Pentecostal church all my life, up to the point that I've made the decision to move to Bethlehem. Um, but for the most part, I've really felt that. This is where God wants me to see. And I really feel that, you know, I've answered that call. I've I've preached in many types of churches and many types of denominations. Um, and I, I thank God for that. But I thank God for, for various reasons. Um, I used to sit every Sunday with a group of during Bible study with the with the group, and during that group, we were really examining just different things of Scripture, what Scripture was teaching, and I think God was preparing me for about a year or two for this transition. I didn't see it at the time, but the things we discussed, the, how we how we approach Scripture, uh, and again for for over two years, I think that I was being prepared for this transition so for me that's really that challenge and you know i just walk through the door so here i am you know, I'm, I'm willing to learn what can i do to be a consistency all right great so uh the other question we had was what is your favorite scripture passage and why but before i answer that ask that question uh favorite ice cream my favorite ice cream is cookies and cream. All right. Favorite candy. Oh, we didn't have me thinking about ice cream. I know. I, know. I, know. I, know. I like Heath bars with the toffee in the middle. All right. Favorite dinner. My favorite dinner is, interestingly, I love pizza. So I don't know if that's considered a dinner, but I love pizza. Uh, love pizza. <laughs> well, that, that's, a, that's breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and snack. So, all right. Favorite movie. What Dreams May Come with Robin. Oh, I like that movie too. Not my favorite movie, but I like that. It's one of my favorites. So a lot of depth to it. All right. So what is your favorite scripture passage and why, Jen? Micah 6, 8. 
He has shown you, O mortal, what is good, and what does your Lord require of you, that you do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And I feel like that is like the cliff notes of Jesus' ministry. And I can imagine young Jesus reading that, you know, from Micah the prophet. And being like, okay, <laughs> so that's my favorite. All right. And mine is found, in, and it's inscribed here, Matthew 7, 24 through 27. And it's a group of scriptures. And that's because for me, it reminds me that there are going to be challenges in life. There are going to be ups and downs. But even though we've gone through those storms, We've gone through the winds. If my house is built upon the rock, Jesus, I don't have to worry. But then it reminds me also that if my house is built upon the sand, that the storm may come, the wind may blow, and it will fall over. Not only fall over, but it's going to be a great fall. And it just reminds me to continue to build my foundation, everything I do, on the teachings and the word of Jesus. Amen. So, good, good stuff. So, the, we're coming to the last question, which was, uh, what is one random and silly thing about you? Random and or silly. All right, who wants to go? I'm going to let you pick. Who wants to go? Rick has the answer ready to go. <laughs> I really don't have an answer, but I, I did want to say this. Um, I'm really, believe it or not, very shy. I don't like to... I'd rather be in the background. Like, I'd rather be the guy that helped out. You know, if you notice, you, I'll be forced to be in the picture. I, I don't need to be, I, I was there. I knew I did work. I don't need to be in the picture. And I have to really prepare myself uh, mentally for things like this. And it gets easier, obviously, as you go along. Um, and, you know, obviously, as soon as I grab the mic, it disappears. But, it's become sometimes challenging for me um, to do these things, and I really have to prepare myself, you know, mentally, physically, because uh, I I get shy, I get nervous, I'll forget. So um, that's, I guess, one of those things where I'd rather be the guy in the back. Let them have all the credit. I'm open. Yeah. All right, I'm with you, Rick. Yeah, I have the key for brain. No, I want. I want. I want your own brand for the silliness. My own random, I'm a really big fan of classic rock. It's kind of the music that I love the most. Classic rock. I will. Yeah. Judy's like, hello. Judy's like, Hi, Judy. I know me and Judy were folding close to the Rolling Stones last week. So like, <laughs> I walked down the aisle to a Led Zeppelin song, Over the Hills and Far Away. It's a beautiful acoustic song. So it's not really hard classic rock. But I know, I prefer that's how I do that. Friends. You walk down the aisle to Led Zeppelin. That's yeah. just how I'm going to do all right, that's good. My random silly thing that I tell I told them earlier was that uh, in high school I received in two subsequent years a nomination for Miss Teen New Jersey uh, because of my name Robin. I guess I ended up some on some kind of list. So I always thought that I should end up at the swimsuit edition, you know, swimsuit competition. <laughs> we go here I am. Uh, so uh, we have time for the real quick one of. of who, if any of you have a question for me, you can, one of you. Can. What's been one pleasant surprise about pastoring in your 17 years? Fonzie's cooking uh, back there. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a pleasant surprise. Uh, my, my pleasant surprise, that's hard. Or other than Fonzie, other than Fonzie's cooking. Uh, my pleasant surprise has been 
how much, even though people can get on my nerves, uh, nobody here, uh, <laughs> but that, uh, that God gives the grace to do what is necessary. And the thing is the, you know, many times you get focused on the outward stuff. Like I have to do this. I have to do this with all these people. And then God just reminds me, no, you just have to do one thing one thing and that's seek me and as i seek him then those other things fall into place where my where my issue sometimes comes into play is you can get so busy doing things for the king that you forget seeking the king mm -hmm. and that that's been the the difficulty but i i would say the 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 pleasantness uh the thing that i really appreciated is that i i actually don't know how you serve how how you I don't know how you follow Jesus without serving his people like it's hard Jesus actually makes it really clear like if you love me feed my sheep so it's given me this opportunity to to serve and I know that God has changed me over these years of from everything from uh I remember having to pick up dirty tissues in the pews on my first couple weeks here in the church because people didn't clean up after themselves and i'm like lord really i have to clean up dirty tissues and then i've had to clean up other stuff outside that we won't talk about um and i've had to do all those things and i've even had to mop the fellowship hall floor before uh, a code blue night and uh, all those things just remind me of the fact that again we're called to be a servant and that's ultimately what what it's about so do you have a question for me all right, good good answer. Cause, cause, <laughs> all right, so I, I like that. that yeah, th yeah. So I I want to thank you guys for the opportunity to get to know you a little bit more. I hope this was helpful for the congregation. And uh, let's all bow our heads together in prayer. Heavenly, we close out our time together in this time of sharing, time of worship. We now enter into this world. We enter into this world equipped with your spirit, empowered by your love, and knowing that you are with us, that you are for us. So, Father, help us to keep you at the center of all we do and to go forth in grace alone. And all God's children said, Amen. God bless you all. See you next week.